0: Boom, boom, Welcome to another episode of the Football Engine Podcast. This is episode 27. My name is Kelsey, and for today's episode, we will be doing a rather special episode discussing the Spanish Women's League. Uh, To do that, I'm joined by women's football journalist and host of Wofo FCTV, Natalie Bresci. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, So in this podcast, I would like to... Uh, go through like a brief history of the Spanish Women's League and Spanish Women's Football, just uh, in general. Um, talking about the origins of it and the current state of the league, including teams, uh, some important players, and maybe some of the current controversies and problems surrounding the league. Um, I'd like to start that by introducing. History, so uh, women's football was formally uh, recognized by the RFEF, the Royal Spanish Football Federation, in the late '80s. And the first women's league was founded by uh, as the Liga Nacional, um, and from the '80s to the 2000s. There Were a lot of for- format changes. A lot of the leagues were like regional um, and they had tournament style competitions, sort of like uh, comparable, I guess, to the NWSL nowadays. Um, where there was like a shield and then a later tournament that, uh, you know, they're like a championship type deal. Um, so in the 2000s, uh, is when we start to see a lot of uh, prominent men's clubs uh, have their women's sections dominate the league, um, especially with the emergence of um, Athletic Club and Espanol and Rayo Vallecano. They sort of had a really tight hold on on the success of the league. Um, we we hadn't yet seen the emergence of like Barcelona and Atletico Madrid yet. Um, and I would say in the, the the mid-2000s is when we see the first big uh, international generation start to um, come up, the first big international international generation of Spanish women's footballers. Um, you see the debuts of uh, Sonia Bermudez and uh, Bronco Boquete and Jenny Hermoso. Um, and those players uh, did really well at the beginning of... When, when leagues started to really professionalize the, the women's section of their clubs and really started to prioritize them. Um, in the early 2010s, uh, in the late 2000s, really, um, is when we see a really big dramatic shift in uh, the powers of women's football. So in the late 2010s, it was, or no, in the late 2000s, it was really dominated by Rayo Vallecano and uh, Espanol, um, that sort of changed with the turn of the decade and um rayo kind of fell off after uh, the nueva rumasa scandal where the club nearly went break up not break up but bankrupt and you know how things go the the women's section was really one of the first to fall um and then barcelona uh starts to emerge as this real superpower uh, FC Barcelona wins their first league league title in 2011 no no 2012 the 2011-2012 season um and they start to define this this generation of Spanish women's football um they win four straight league titles and they go back and forth with Espanyol uh with their dominance in uh specifically the Copa de la Reina but Also with just dominance in the domestic titles and domestic trophies. Um, So, but this Barcelona generation really defined a lot of uh, players in the Spanish national team uh, and the Spanish team that went to the Euros in 2013, um, which was the first time they'd went to the Euros in, I want to say, 16 years. And the first time they ever went to the World Cup was in 2015, ever. Um, and then with, within the mid-2010s is when we start to see the current powers that be, uh, emerge. Um, you start to see Atletico Madrid come in in the mid-2010s. Uh, they, begin, they begin to start winning domestically and really taking their team very seriously. Um, and then they, have a, they win three straight league titles from 2015, 2016 to 2019, um, Barcelona sort of have this, go through this transitional phase where uh, they really start to shift their priority to Europe, and that happened in 2015 after the the club professionalized their women's section. Um, so Barcelona starts to make wave in Europe uh, make waves in Europe. They're one of the first women's teams to ever do that. Uh, And they become the first women's club to ever win, or not win, but get to a quarterfinal, semifinal, and final of a Champions League tournament. Um, And then they, for the late 2010s, they kind of go back and forth between Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. And that's where the origins of the Barcelona versus Atleti rivalry sort of really come about. Late 2010s is when we see this, this new generation, not generation, but this new, uh, really revived Barcelona team start to take a hold of the league again, like they did in the early 2010s. Um, these past two seasons, they have won two straight league titles, uh, two straight Copa de la Reina titles, as well as reaching a semifinal and then winning the Champions League, also becoming the first uh, treble-winning side in Spanish women's football. Um, and as it stands right now, Barcelona is, of course, uh, probably the single most dominant team in Europe, you know, winning all these league games uh, really by, like, five-plus goal margins, uh, this and that, uh, as I'm sure plenty of these listeners already know. Um, so that's, like, a brief background on the league. It's, like, what's how it came to be what it came to be Uh, a lot of the success stories are just really stories of investment and uh, taking their women's clubs uh, a lot more seriously than they were previously Um. so now that we've covered that we can get to the individual teams of the league Uh, currently as it stands there are 16 teams down last year from 18 teams uh the covid-19 pandemic brought about uh some choices from the RFEF. um uh the the teams in the 2019-20 season there were no relegations but there were two promotions so that added a, a I uh i want to say four extra match weeks right um and uh, yeah. a really crazy schedule <laughs> um but now it's it's definitely crazy yeah but now it's it's kind of back to normal um 16 teams like it was for the past couple of years before that um and some really interesting narratives and some really interesting stories so i will be next going through those 16 teams in alphabetical order and sort of talking about them introducing them and asking some questions to natalie over here um So the first one is Alaves, Deportivo Alaves. Uh, They were promoted to the league for the first time uh, this league, no, (laughs) this season, Um, and they have been doing a phenomenal job. They've made some pretty solid moves in the transfer market. Um, They have won three out of their four games. Uh, The uh, as it stands, there are only four match weeks done. The one loss that they did have was against Atletico Madrid, which was a 3-2 loss yesterday. It was very narrow. Um, They did very well. They're doing very well. Um, Do you think they have enough? Do you think they're good enough to mount a challenge to the top half of the table or even mount a challenge as a, a Champions League contender and finish in top three?
1: I mean, it is it is early, so it's hard to tell. I am very impressed by how they've been playing and they have gotten some pretty impressive players. They got Carl Armengol from Barcelona. And I mean, defensively, they've been very well. Um I think... I don't know if they can compete for the Champions League considering the fact that this is their first season in the first division. But I definitely think that they'll want to continue with this form and try to stay in the top five or mm-hmm. the upper half of the table.
0: I, I, I think this might be like wishful but, thinking um, for I hope me. It's a,
1: I hope they'll continue.
0: Oh yeah, same. Like, I, this yeah, might just I hope be... it's not just luck. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is because Beginner's they've been luck. very solid. I mean, it's one, it's one thing to just like to start out and be on this mental high of like, oh my God, we made it to the first division and um, perform yeah. that way. But they've just, they've been really good. Uh, I've been impressed with their midfield. I think their defense has been solid. Um, I am hoping in my little football heart that loves narratives that they will have like a, a season similar to what we saw from uh, Deportivo La Coruña in 2019 20, where they really, for a significant portion of the season, were uh, challenging for uh, a Champions League spot uh, against, like Atleti and them. So yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to see how they'll do. I think I think they'll I think they'll probably slip and fall. I'm hoping they don't though. I mean, if they
1: yeah, if they can compete like early on against Letico Madrid, that is quite impressive. Yeah, but. I mean, it is a long season. They do have the advantage, though, that they're not playing in the Champions League, which could be a good thing for them in the long run. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll see. I I mean, it's not easy, but so (laughs) far they're doing well.
0: Um, And then next up is, of course, Athletic Club, Athletic Club, one of the most uh, successful teams of all time in Spain. Uh, They had their... I think they won, I want to say, five league titles, most of which... No, they have... No, six? Five? I think they have five league titles. Four of which they won mostly in, like, the early 2000s, and the most recent one they won in the 2014-15 season. Um, They haven't been doing too much to challenge for the Champions League. They've usually been situated in, like, mid to upper... Not upper mid, but this is more like mid-table type positions in the past really couple of seasons. Um, but they've had like a decent start to the season. Um, I would... Their their most prolific attacker, their most I guess well-known attacker, Lucia Garcia, she, I, she had sort of a rough season last season, and this season she hasn't been quite on it again. Uh... Would you say that's uncharacteristic of her? She just hasn't been at her same level. I,
1: yeah, it's been weird because, I mean, last season, Atiko Atiburbao ended like 11th, yeah. which considering their history is very disappointing. Um, And she's such a talented goal scorer, especially with the national team. But definitely the last two seasons, you don't even see her in the top scorers. And I don't know if she's going through a rough time personally or what it is. Maybe she needs a change of pace, but she really hasn't shown her talent and how fast she is and how her technical abilities. So I don't know if she's just having a bad run of form or what it is, but if they can get her to play well and score, then that would be so helpful for them.
0: Right. Um So would, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that she's like the focal point of their attack. I mean, if they're intending to make her be the focal point, that probably wouldn't be the best idea considering her form. But um Yeah. How how far do you think they can go this season? Um especially with her as such a, a prominent figure not being able to quite make it click. Like do you think they'll they'll I think Uh, have like the same sort of finish and like mid table not really challenged for much because they have been doing well, but not as well as they could be.
1: I think this season, I mean, the preseason they made some changes um, and I think they want to bring the team back to its previous glory. Obviously, I don't think they're competing for the title, um, but I think they'll definitely want to stay in the top five And considering how the other teams are doing, I think they can do it if they maintain their consistency. Obviously, Lucia Garcia, I don't know if she'll be able to be like a top scorer, but I think the whole team can maintain a consistent, good form and they can, they're able to get good results consistently. Mm -hmm. I hope, I assume so far they've shown that, but we'll see once they have to compete in the Queen's, in the Queen's Cup. In the Spanish Super Cup. Although well, I guess they won't compete in that.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Um, but yeah I, I agree with that. Um, I, Of course it's just the beginning of the season. And you never really know. Uh, I would say. Their their transfer. Business has been okay. I don't think it's been terrible. Um, but there are definitely things to improve yeah. on. Um next team to talk about is Barcelona. And there is a lot of things to talk about with this team, uh, obviously. <laughs> um uh first thing I want to touch on uh four t- oh my god, 26 goal differential in four games. Um just like crazy numbers, you don't see that in really a lot of other places other than maybe, like, uh, the French League, the Dio and Arkema, but, uh, just, I mean, same thing that we've been seeing for the past two seasons, just unprecedented numbers, crazy goal scoring. Um, do you think that Barcelona could challenge for, like, an invincible season?
1: Weren't they invincible last
0: season, basically? No. Well, (laughs) I mean, in my heart, they were. Um, but yeah, I no. mean, but in the league, well, in toward yeah, they lost. They lost, the end, to they lost the
1: season. They had won like everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, domestically, whatever, um, they won everything. But, I mean, but all wins, not all wins, even just like it was, zero losses. It, right now,
1: right now, it's crazy. I mean, it's early on, but twenty six goals is insane. I think I saw today <laughs> that they're the team that has scored the most in Europe, and I think be- like men and women's, and they've only conceded, they've conceded nothing. Yeah, they've. I yeah. think. It's like last season we thought they were scary, and this season it's just like even more. <laughs> and this is without Jenny Hermoso. Oh, yeah. So imagine when she comes back. But
0: it is with like and I Alexia Puteas, just like something happened to her. She hulked out, and all of a sudden she's scoring seven goals in four matches out of nowhere. I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but just. Yeah, just I know. As a midfielder. Numbers. Yeah. Just like crazy stuff. Um. Um. Yeah, and I thought after Luis Cortez
1: left, it might like the transition would be like a bit difficult, which is normal after changing a coach and getting some new players. But they've just—it's like nothing changed.
0: Right. But in the same way that they, so I, I think, wouldn't say they've been particularly I, challenged yet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't know if they can be invincible because Atletico Madrid has really become a much more impressive team that really wants to compete for the league. Mm-hmm. And when they play against Barcelona, no matter what, they always become like some mega team because it's <laughs> Barcelona that they're facing. Right. Um, so I think, I don't know. It is Barcelona that was extremely impressive last season until the end when they had like seven games in a week. Oh yeah. I
0: mean, even then um, it was, was like they won with probably like... 20 plus goals goal differential of those four games. Yeah, I don't but that remember. was when they lost a couple games. Yeah. Um, that, I think, that I Hattletico mean, Madrid if they loss, do lose... You can go, sorry, go on. You can continue. Um, that
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think it's pretty unlikely that they'll lose, but I think if they do lose, it would be against Atletico Madrid or like a random match against seventeen that got lucky Yeah,
0: like maybe like a scheduling mishap happens and I don't know. There's they, like like what happened last season with the Copa de la Arena final. Uh, two two days after that, they had yeah. to play Atletico Madrid, which was really what a lot of people would say would, was what caused that loss. Um, if I remember correctly, Atletico weren't exactly in the best of... Um, they weren't in the best of form by that point um but yeah you know do you it's not it's not really possible to go throughout an entire season with only wins i don't care how good you are like it's it just doesn't happen in elite sports like it's not normal
1: yeah with injuries they they compete they're going to compete in the champions league they're going to compete in the spanish super cup the queen's cup right all the traveling
0: and there's probably so. there i i would mm, I would say that there's may might be a couple more leftover games that could be canceled from covid outbreaks maybe not now because of most, I would assume and hope that a lot of the teams and players are vaccinated but still like you you just never know things come yeah. up um, one thing that could change is that because of the legal
1: issues there could be strikes right, and so some games right. might not be played because of that um hopefully not but
0: yeah uh do you think Barcelona is too dominant? Like does the magnitude of their wins kind of I guess detract from the quality of the league or the competitis- competi- competitiveness of the league? Um like is it a good thing that Barcelona wins so much or is it a bad thing overall for like um I guess just I guess just like the league uh and just the level of competition. Like does it does it detract from the level of competition? I mean, I don't I don't think it
1: does because I think it forces everybody else to try to improve and get on their level. Obviously I don't want it to be like a Leon situation where they win like fourteen leagues in a row. Yeah. But I think obviously they aren't very dominant, but I it allows other teams to be like, Okay, we really need to do something, otherwise we're never gonna beat them. It attracts international players. It attracts more money, basically, to the Spanish League, which right. is good. And I know that I've seen a lot of interviews where the Barcelona players want to improve the whole league. And by doing that, they have to play at their best. They have to compete at the highest level. Right. And yeah, that means beating their competitors 8-0. But if the other teams don't improve, then the whole league is never going to improve.
0: Right. Um, I agree with that like of course i like to see barcelona win cuz it's my team but um like it's not it's it's a good thing that there's at least still a healthy amount of competition despite just how like utterly dominant they've been um we saw that last year especially with like uh the spanish super cup uh barcelona were beaten in the semifinals they didn't they were of course recording like eight plus goal differential wins but um but they still struggled against uh Atletico Madrid, which is good. Um they also struggled a little bit versus uh, Levante in the in the Copa del de la Arena final in twenty twenty one. Um which is of course it wasn't a loss, but it's still good. It's still good to have that level of competition and um it was a lot more competition than a lot of the teams they faced in Europe, I will say that much, um, which, is, which is funny because of the narrative about the Spanish League not being Yeah, I mean, even
1: event. this season, yeah, I went to the first game of the league that Barcelona played against Tenerife and they ended up winning 3-0, but the first half, Tenerife uh, made it quite difficult for Barcelona, mm-hmm. and Barcelona didn't even end up scoring until near the end of the game or the end of the half. So, I mean even Tenerife who's not doing very well still managed to like create some sort of complication for Barcelona and that was at the Johan Cruyff Stadium where Barcelona's like mega a mega monster.
0: <laughs> never they've so never lost a game at at, think- the, at the Johan Cruyff Cruyff. Uh, so Yeah.
1: They're undefeated there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they've been playing there this is their third season playing there for those who may not know. Um all right. I think that's I think that's enough to t- for to talk about Barcelona for now, unless you had anything else to add. Um, no, I think just
1: like we said before, the fact that they're so dominant made other teams try to be at the level like Atletico Madrid, who has definitely gotten like a lot of the really good players from other um, Spanish teams. Mm-hmm. Like They've definitely taken a lot of good players from Levante. For Levante, who was competing to be in the Champions League, I don't think we'll be able to do that because they've lost important players who are now at, mm-hmm. at Atletico Madrid.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay. So I did kind of screw up the <laughs> alphabetical order a little bit. Um, oopsies. But um, Barcelona, that's done. We didn't talk about Atletico Madrid, which I will talk about now. Um, so they had a lot of signings in the summer. They strengthened their squad a lot. Uh, they added uh, La Torre and Banini. uh I think they added a South African player. I forget her name. But um, just a lot of overall strengthening of the squad, which they really needed after not qualifying for the Champions League uh, last season. They had a really bad run of form, especially uh, in the middle of the season. Uh, Really like mid-table team form. Um, A lot of losses, a lot of draws. Really just not like what you... Really often see from Atletico Madrid. Um, do you think with these new signings and the new form that they're in, they're currently situated in top two of the table? Do you think they've um, are really making out for lost ground, especially with you know Real Madrid not doing too great, um, at, at least enough to challenge this season for the Champions League again, or even maybe um, if they manage to keep form, could they even have? a challenge for the title? I think
1: they've definitely completely changed the team. They have like a new coach. Obviously, there's still like, you never know what could happen because with so many new things, so many new elements to a team, it might affect them in the long run. But so far, they've been very impressive, especially on scoring goals. So I definitely think that this is a team that's going to compete. And make things complicated for barcelona and they'll definitely try to get themselves back in the champions league it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain that consistency because that's something that they definitely lacked last year mm-hmm. and they had a very different team so if they can maintain that consistency and be the atico madrid that we saw from two seasons ago that won three leagues in a row and was the dominant team in the spanish league then they will definitely make problems for everyone, yeah, um, it'll be really difficult to stop this Barcelona from winning again. <laughs> but I think head-to-head head in like a game, they could probably make it difficult.
0: Yeah, um, like they—they they definitely. I—I I would say that they're—they're they're just one goal. If they had any goal of this season, would would be to get back in the Champions League, because not only does that uh, yeah just sure. add to the competitiveness of competitiveness good lord i can't say that word of of just their matches but it brings a a lot of positive exposure you know having that and that name of atletico madrid being attached again to the to the champions league um the goalkeeper situation also brings a lot of money
1: because especially with the sorry (laughs) with the group stage now in the champions league no i'm sorry i was saying that with the group stage now in the champions league the teams get a lot more money
0: yeah that is true,
1: and so that is also always a positive,
0: right? There's a little bit of a lag, so if I'm interrupting you, it's not intentional. <laughs> um the the goalkeeper situation for Atleti is interesting, because as of right now, they have Hedvig Lindel, uh, who, you know, icon, legend, one of the Greatest keepers of all time. Arguably the greatest, but I won't get into that. Um, playing for Atleti right now. Um, but also with this... One of the transfers this past summer became uh, the reintroduction of Lola Gallardo from Lyon, where she spent, I want to say, the last season um, being on the bench for Sarah Buetti. Um she didn't like that arrangement that much. It was kind of reminiscent of Eugenio uh, Hermoso going to PSG for one season and then getting homesick and going back to Atletico Madrid. Um, like, so Lola came back and now there's like this interesting d- dynamic uh, in the goalkeeper starting position uh, between those two. Um, who do you think deserves it and who do you think will just end up keeping that starting spot?
1: Um, I don't know, because Lola obviously I don't even know why she went to Lyon. and I think it was just to win the Champions League and then come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, free time.
1: Um because she really didn't play it like at all. And then she got COVID so she really wasn't playing. I think I think with Lola I wouldn't start her to be honest, because she hasn't played in a while. I think she has to get back into her form. Maybe I would play her <laughs> In certain games, just kind of to switch it out so she can get back in form. But I wouldn't trust her as a starting goalkeeper this season. This season.
0: Do you think At it's like a matter my of, opinion, especially if they of chemistry? Like that That would be the reason that Lolo would be starting? Or really just like nostalgia? Because in her current form, she she's not better than Lindell. She's just not. Um, but she might ha- have a better presence, a better... You know, because she was captain before she left. So, in that way, maybe there is an argument to be made, but I personally wouldn't be the one making it. Yeah, I
1: mean, considering her connection to the team and like some of the players um, and how well she would know the other teams in the league, I could see that being true. But I think you would have to just see how it would work when she's playing. But I wouldn't, I would put in Lindall. Because just maybe she has less experience in the league, but I would prefer her form.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. <laughs> Next one on the list is Bar. I don't really have a lot to say about this team. Uh, they're a pretty mid-team. Uh, I would say they finish in like the mid to bottom half of the, of the league pretty consistently. Um, they narrowly escaped relegation last season. Um, I'm not really familiar with their transfers in and out, but they started the season with a win, which was positive, a win against Sevilla, who admittedly haven't been doing that great after they kind of cleared a couple of their bigger players last season, or in the summer transfer market but so far they've lost to newly promoted Villarreal one they also lost uh, 2-1 to Athletic Bilbao and they lost 5 nothing just uh yesterday I think to Levante who had been struggling a little bit um what do you think have you watched any of Eibar this season
1: I've been. I haven't keep, been keeping up with them that much. I do know. I was happy for them because they have like a, uh woman coaching, which I'm always supportive of. Right, yeah. But def- I know that defensively they've been conceding a lot of goals, and generally they do kind of end up towards the bottom of the table or like mid table near the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it'll be like that, unless something big happens. But I don't think. They've really had any big transfers that would change anything. No, yeah. Would, Which is understandable because it's a small club and they don't really have the funds for it.
0: Right. Would you consider them a relegation contender? Um,
1: Right now, I don't think so. Okay. But, I mean, in points, I guess they are pretty close to the bottom. But considering how some other teams are doing right now, I think they're doing slightly better. Like, right. able to save themselves.
0: Yeah. Um, Next up is uh, Granadilla They had a pretty Like a really good season Last season I think unprecedented In a lot of ways for a lot of the season They were challenging for Really Champions League like top three Um, Which I don't think A lot of people really expected Of them to do that Um, But right now They're not doing too great Again it's only four match days into the season But They've had some pretty bad losses. Um, well, not a lot, but uh, started off their season with a 5 nothing loss to Barcelona. But that's standard, so you can't really hold that against them. Um, and then they again lost to Madrid CFF. And then they drew to Real Madrid. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that like a good result. Because, you know, Real Madrid aren't doing that good right now. But, um, you know, Real Madrid have a good team. They're not in the greatest of form. But, um, you know, they have, like, competent defenders and stuff. (laughs) So, you know, a 1-1 draw isn't terrible. But then they drew 2-2 to Real Betis. Um, which isn't a very good result in my opinion, especially for a team that was challenging, um, for the Champions League for a really more than I would say like five or 10 match days last season. Um, and Robertis just haven't been doing all that great and they haven't been doing that great for a long time. Uh, really at least like two, one, two seasons. So what do you think on Granada's like future in this season? Like where do you think they'll end up? Do you think they had a good transfer market this summer? Um
1: I was also surprised by how their form has been because like yeah. you said they were so impressive last season. Um it is strange. It could be just a bad start. I'm hoping. But it's, it's complicated because if they continue like this it's it's like they'll be lucky if they get into the mid table. Right. And I thought for the transfers, I mean, I thought it was fine. It wasn't really anything that special. But, um, I mean, they're definitely, something's going to have to change if they don't start getting wins because they only have, I believe, what, two points in the league.
0: Um, and we're only four games yeah. in, but. Yeah. A goal difference of negative six.
1: But that is extremely close isn't that bad. Yeah, yikes.
0: There are some teams. Yeah, there are a couple but- teams that and have And then worst, you go against, but not a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's quite close to the bottom of the table, mm-hmm. and the more points you can get early on, the better. Right.
0: Um. That's all I need. Mean, that's all I really have to say about uh, kind of the. Uh. uh yeah. let was just really see how that situation turns out. Um. Next up is Levante which they are quite a topic for me to talk about Levante um have they're such an interesting team to me because they um they were really one of the most successful teams in the league for since like in the, uh, since the 2000s? Like that decade of the 2000s? They have a couple league titles under their belt. They have a couple Copa de la Reina titles under their belt. Um, but really this past season, Levante has emerged as like this sort of, I wouldn't say it's unprecedented, but just kind of this unexpected superpower. Not superpower. <laughs> Poor verbiage. Um, they're not a superpower, but they're uh, they're a title contender. Um, which you haven't seen that much of that from them for a while. But this past season, they made it to uh, the Supercopa de de España final. They made it to the Copa de la Arena final. uh, And they finished third in the league, which was they went back and forth between Real Madrid uh, in second and third place up until the last match day. Uh, And then they made their Champions League. Uh, did they make their debut this season? Like their Champions League debut? Yes, they did. Did they? Okay. Um, I believe so. They made their Champions League debut this past couple of months in qualifiers, Uh, and they had very good results against Lyon, which was... They lost, both of them, but they only lost by, like, one goal, and they, for a large portion of it, like... Out of the 180 minutes, they really held their own and kept it scoreless, I want to say, for uh, 80 minutes-ish of the first game and then the first half of the second leg. Um, so they they put up these really good results against, like, perhaps the greatest ever club in European women's football, and arguably women's football ever. Um and then they started their season with a 4 nothing win over Real Madrid, who I think they had just gotten back from beating Manchester City in the Champions League qualification, I think. Um, or at least they were like a couple days off from it. And then they drew to Sevilla, they drew to Real Betis, and then they came back and won 5 nothing against Eibar and And to do all this, make all these have these big wins and um but also have these these weird like draws it it's there's just such an interesting team to follow. Uh, they had They recently had a coaching change on uh, Villacampa, I think is how you say his name. Um, after Maria Pry left. Uh, she, she still hasn't taken up a job uh, anywhere else I don't think but um i think somewhere like th-
1: max, uh, some random country in like south america I, would have to Google really that. I
0: don't know um but on her via Compa he's been doing i would say he's been doing a pretty good job um they lost a lot of their players over the summer um like a lot of their players the their top scorer uh who finished the season I'd say with like 27 or 28 goals or something Esther Gonzalez she went to Real Madrid she has yet to score a goal for Real Madrid if I'm not mistaken um in in like really like six plus games that she's played for them so far this season um zero goals zero assists in four matches which is just really strange for her considering her level last year um However, it's not that strange for her considering her overall entire career. Uh, in the 2019-20 season, she played over a thousand minutes for Levante and scored zero goals. So uh, maybe it's like a trend. Maybe next season she'll put up thirty seven, whatever. I don't know. Um, but Levante, yeah. Do you have anything to say about Levante? I think they're just really they're just in, really interesting to me. Um, I personally think that they could finish top 4 or 3. I think they'll ch- I think that we'll definitely try to ch- to challenge for a Champions League spot, but um you know, with the way that Atletico's doing and uh, it's a big maybe. It's a big maybe.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I feel bad for them,
0: for Levante. I feel
1: like they've been really unlucky. They lost a lot of big players.
0: Yeah, but they they Um, seem to have been coping with it.
1: Complicated time. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But um, they got unlucky in the Champions League having to go against Lyon, even though they got pretty close. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, Levante is an impressive team. I mean, I'm also looking out. I got my eye on Giovanna Queiroz, who's Mm -hmm. on loan from Barcelona. I think she's really talented. Um, so I'm hoping they can do well and like stay in the top five. Um, if they manage to stay consistent and continue scoring goals and maintain their defense, and I think they will. You know, I hope things don't get too complicated mm-hmm. later on in the season. But they're an impressive team, and I hope I hope things go well for them.
0: I, yeah we will see me too they're they're definitely one of my favorites like if you're a neutral who just likes yeah me too you just likes to watch like fun football they're definitely like a team to follow because they they win but they don't win like too much to the point where it gets annoying but they don't lose enough to the point where it gets disappointing <laughs> so they're they're a good neutral team to follow um i think yeah they'll give you a five
1: nil every once in a while yeah
0: <laughs> like like yesterday. Um but yeah, their their transfer season, they had a lot of good players leave, but they had a lot of good players come in. They had uh Gio come in on loan. They had another Brazilian Gio uh from Corinthians come in. Uh late 20s really prolific in the Brazilian league. Uh, I followed her briefly before she came to Levante. Um I think she was she was the first one to score against Leon, which was a big moment. Um, they're kind of they're a really hard to dislike team. Their their inconsistency is a little bit concerning, but um, if they sort that out, they could really be a force uh, in Spain and really emerge themselves into the Champions League. Um. Uh, the next one to talk about Madrid CFF uh known personally known by me as the team with a lot of Brazilians on it um <laughs> they they just oh they're a fun team they're a fun team they had a really they had a good win yesterday um they have these players like uh JC and Caroline and um just playing i wouldn't say they play great football but they play fun football and they they Like, Jay-Z, when she scored yesterday, she did a double backflip. I've only ever seen Sam Kerr do one. So, maybe our league is more fun. I don't know. (laughs) But they're also a really good team for neutrals to watch. Um, What are your thoughts on their performance so far?
1: Um, I like them because I feel like it's kind of difficult for them because, you know, when you're competing with, the yeah, other teams in Madrid like Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like the third Madrid that people don't really know about as much right um they're they've been pretty good because last season they did pretty well and they're pretty consistent i mean maybe it's all the Brazilians that they have but they are quite entertaining um i, I don't know if they'll make it to the top 5 but they're when you when they face off against big teams like Barcelona they do make things quite difficult
0: they can hold their own for sure so I like them
1: yeah exactly they're not afraid to face off against the big teams
0: Mm -hmm. um Madrid CFF and then Rayo Vallecano Ooh, (laughs) that's 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 what I have to say about them yikes a big old yikes um Ryo, man, they, they've they been going through a tough time recently. And by recently, I mean the past couple of years. Um, a lot of Ryo fans are really just unhappy with the club in general right now. And I think a lot of the club's problems are really, are really evident in the women's team. Uh, it came about in, uh, I think, really just this morning that they were... Something happened. What was that this morning? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Was there something that came out this morning? Yes, I didn't see there it. There <laughs> was something that
0: came out this morning. Oh yeah, um, apparently like the club isn't playing, isn't paying for their housing, uh, like it's not paying for their rent. So, oh really? Yeah. So they could like, there are players that could become homeless, like in the next couple of weeks. Uh, let me actually find the tweet and translate it. Um rent is not paid for the flats where around 16 players from the first team live. They've already suffered supply cuts on occasion, and if rent is not paid, they could be seen on the street. So that's what's currently going right on with Raya Baicano. Um Which is really just, you know, it's just a, how they've been oh, under this president. I don't really remember his name, but he just has not been doing a great job managing the club um, in general. Um Rio used to be a really big Spanish superpower, but now they're not. They've been just doing really poorly. Um, avoided relegation last year just barely. Um, and they are currently sat in the relegation zone with three losses. The joint worst record in, in the league with Real Madrid and Valencia. Um, a bad loss to Atletico, a bad loss to Alaves, a bad loss to Madrid CFF, and a 0-0 draw with Huelva yesterday. Um, thoughts on Ryo um, it's just really sad because
1: it's a situation that's not like it's not necessarily about form it's like a whole like club situation it's something bigger than mm-hmm. just how they're playing football it's like literally they might be homeless it's you know economic issues political issues it's that they're not having the support that they should have from their club and you know Ryo isn't the most rich club yeah no but there's still a club that could invest more in the women's team. Yeah,
0: They're, they're definitely one of the most beloved clubs That must be really frustrating for the players. Um, yeah, So they have a lot of supporters. I just, it's a
1: pity for the players
0: because... Sorry, there's a, there's a lack. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, they, they have a lot of supporters. They're one of the most beloved clubs in Spain. Uh, and the supporters are vocally not happy. So it they're a team to follow not necessarily from a sporting perspective, but they're a team to follow from uh, just to see how their, how legally and uh, like their, their situation does end up turning out. But um, well, those are my thoughts on Rio.
1: Yeah, hopefully they'll still be a team right. by the end of the season. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, Real Betis. Also not very good. Kind of similar, really kind of in a similar situation to Rayo. Not quite as bad, but the women's section just have not has not been seeing a lot of support. Um, again, fighting relegation. Uh, they had a big addition in Angela Sosa last season. I think she was like a winter transfer, maybe a summer transfer. I don't quite remember. But she was with the, the team long enough to add some really important um, attacking depth that they needed in order to stay afloat. Um, thoughts on Betis?
1: Um, I do like them, and they are a inconsistent team. Yeah. <laughs> I would like them to do better, but they just, I don't know, maybe change the coach. If, I don't know. They need something to change because maybe they do need more support from their own club, but they're just not. Able to consistently win or at least consistently tie mm-hmm. to be able to get higher up in the table. And it's, I, you know, it could lead them to the bottom, the relegation, if they don't fix something or at least try to fix their defense and not concede yeah, as much.
0: I agree. I, I think, I think they will get relegated this year. I don't, I think them and Royal will probably both get relegated this year, in my opinion. I just like, Especially considering the quality of all the other teams that has been going up, I can't. I don't really see that from from Betis. Like they seem that like they're at the same level that they were last season, and that's just not acceptable. It's not good enough, really, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Next up, Real Madrid. <laughs> Yikes, another big yikes team. Um they are in the relegation zone and they have been in the relegation zone since match week 1 when they got obliterated by Levante, which I wouldn't say the 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 win wasn't expected from Levante, but the magnitude of the win was just ridiculous. They Levante won 4-0 against uh, Real Madrid and then Atletico Madrid won 2-0 against Real Madrid and then Real Madrid drew with G- Granadilla who are currently where are they at? They are sitting in the relegation zone as well and then yesterday Real Sociedad uh, won against Real Madrid so they have 3 losses from 4 games and 1 draw uh, the 4th worst goal difference in the league with negative 7 what is going on? <laughs> What is wrong with them? Because they, they, you know, obviously they made it to the Champions League by beating Manchester City, and of course Manchester City haven't been great. In fact, they've probably been at the worst they've ever been in a very long time. But just this level of of uh, of losing is just not what you would see from a Champions League level team.
1: Yeah, I really, I ask, I've been asking myself that. I really don't know what's happening because. Yeah, I mean, Aslani is injured, but they still have an impressive team. Yeah. I mean, they did so well last season. I really don't know why they're being like this. Just a weird run of form, or it was like last, last year was lucky. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. quite concerning, because if they don't change anything, competing in the Champions League and having to compete in the league, some things. I mean, they've got to do something right. because they haven't even won a game, which is
0: ridiculous. And, f- and four match. And I, I don't care how good your opposition is. If you haven't won a game in four in four match days, and your name is Real Madrid, come on, you, that's just not acceptable. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. And they, they have
1: a lot of pressure on them, yeah. and you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Um, they lost Sofia Jakobsen, which was a pretty big loss. But her loss shouldn't be what is causing this. Because they did bring in Nahikari Garcia. They brought in Esther Gonzalez. They brought in really just, they did what they did the previous season and took the, the you know, like it's Spain national team B and C team and just kind of plucked whoever they wanted and brought them in. Um, so this magnitude of these losses is just so strange. It's so weird. Um, it's not what anyone expected from real madrid because they they had it's not like they suffered to get to the top 2 they did very well and they were winning their games so this is just it's not it's not normal even for a team that's i mean if you're looking at it objectively regardless of the name they're only in their second season but um you know the chemistry is not there the goal scoring is not there uh there's really not a lot of leadership um could, do you think the issue comes down to the coaching? I mean, it could be,
1: but also it could be the fact that players have changed a lot and so the team probably needs to grow to get to know each other to create more chemistry between them
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, I mean, just two years ago it was that goal and it was a completely different team, different name, So, but then last season they did good, so I just don't understand. Yeah. I. I I mean, it might be the coach, but it's just such a strange situation. That I just can't understand.
0: Yeah. Their, their, their team's dynamic is definitely one to pay attention to in these coming match weeks. Because if they if they keep up these performances, like it'll... Ugh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not looking yeah, good. I'm surprised that you know, Esther Gonzalez
1: isn't scoring. I mean, like you said, in her whole career, she had a very lucky season last yeah. year, but... I would think that going to Real Madrid would like motivate her to score again to
0: yeah. prove herself. It's not like their midfield but. is bad. It's not like the, the support she has is like bad. Even in Levante in 2019-20 it wasn't bad. And especially not, you know, yeah. I would say as a striker if you're given a, th- a thousand minutes and you score zero goals, it's, I would say that's a little unacceptable. But hey, you know, I'm not the Levante president. I can't make that judgment. Whatever. Um... Next team, Real Sociedad. Very excited for them. Um, I would say this that the past couple of years, you've really seen an emergence of Real Sociedad, um, especially uh, th- them and Athletic Bilbao, the two biggest Basque teams, they have this um, youth academies that are, uh, rival La Masia. Um, their team is really young. They had a really... Difficult summer and letting go of really like eight of their core players, eight or more, um, uh, big core players too. But they have done very well. They're situated in the top half, not top half, or like top four positions on the table. What are they doing right now? They are in the third place, which is just incredible. And that has been highlighted by like players like uh, Nerea and Amir, and you know them too. Just really good. Uh, thoughts on them uh, I'm really happy for them mm-hmm. the
1: best teams in general are doing very well this season but I'm really happy for that, I mean their coach Natalia Arroyo was one of my uh, choices to replace Luis Cortez of Barcelona Me too. so I'm happy that she stayed and that it's going, for her, going well for her um, I do love Nerea also as well and I'm happy that she's playing with the national team and now they're just doing really well it's nice to see them competing well like this because they haven't had a couple of good, they've had a bit of complicated years. So I hope that they continue this form because it's been really nice. It changes up a bit of the rhythm of the league. And like you said, they have lost some big players, but they've still been able to probably have better results without them. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's been really nice to see. Um. Yeah. Uh they they're they're young players, like almost all the young players are all players to watch out for. They've just been in great form, playing good football. Um uh under Arroyo I just uh really I, I wouldn't say she's transformed them, but she's made them into a team that's like capable of uh returning to some of their past glory. Um I think it was twenty nineteen. That they won the Copa de la Reina, right? 2018? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 2018 was Barcelona, so it was 2019. The problem is because of COVID, they played like
1: a different, like the Copa de la Reina in like a different year than it was supposed to be. Yeah. It was complicated. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But they're definitely just a team to follow. If you like watching the development of really talented young players, I would really recommend that. Uh, Sevilla, also not been doing too great. Um, the last season was uh, really defined by Claudia Pina, who is on loan from Barcelona. She easily the best player. Um, and now she's gone, and they don't have a lot of attacking power. They got Tony Payne. Uh, I think they retained Zenitha Coleman but other than that there's just not a lot there they also got rid of uh Raquel Pine who went to Villarreal uh and i also think they 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 got Jessica Martinez but other than that they they didn't make a lot of big moves and they're really struggling with that they didn't have they haven't been having the best results currently sitting with two losses and two draws um Really in a position eleventh place, with four with four relegation positions, they're sitting in eleventh place out of sixteen, and they're just not looking too great. They're not thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I noticed you get you had a little bit of a, a a snicker. So what was that about?
1: Yeah, no, it's just because was like a team that I don't know used to be more like a stronger team, and now it's just kind of like I barely even think about them in the league. Yeah um which is sad but if they've just really like become a team just kind of forgotten in the league and um like you said they had Pina they also had Catacol who was really important for them and now it's just like you know oh Sevilla they're not really gonna compete with you
0: Mm -hmm. um do you think how do you think they'll finish like mid-table I think that I think they would challenge for like maybe like eleventh or twelfth place. I wouldn't say like quite. They don't really give me the the vibes of a team like fighting relegation. Like that, it's very dramatic. But maybe like tenth to twelfth place, something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they can improve their their results, maybe a little bit higher. But I think yeah, they're yeah. definitely not going to get relegated unless something really dramatic happens. But yeah, yeah, mid table for sure.
0: Next up is Sporting Huelva. Um, they're kind of like Eibar to me. Like, I don't have a lot of opinions on them. They they've been in they've been in the top division for I think since two thousand six, which is a lot more than I think almost every one of these teams can play can can say. Um, they're one of the few independently owned teams in the league um as in they're not attached to any men's club as far as i know like they're not the women's section of a of a male dominated club they're their own they're their own team um however they have been fighting relegation these past two seasons they finished 14th um like just one spot off from being in a relegation position and so far they've kind of just been following a, a kind of a similar type of form, a lot of draws their current record is 3 draws, 1 loss Uh, their 1 loss came against Atletico Madrid but um, their draws came against relegation zone and newly promoted type opposition Uh, Villarreal Valencia and Rayo Vallecano all draws against them Um, not a lot of goal scoring they've only scored 2 goals so far uh, so, yeah, thoughts on Hleda? I don't have a lot of opinions on them Really
1: I think, I mean, it, I think they're Going to be, might be, you know Volunteers fighting off relegation Yeah,
0: which sucks I, because, I mean, I really
1: honestly don't know how they've maintained Themselves yeah, in the league that, the past couple seasons I
0: kind of <laughs> want to, like, do a study Into their business model, because it's Really fascinating how an independently Owned club has managed to stay in, like The top division since 2006, like, that's I I don't know how that happens. But not even like they they're not even, they didn't even comp- compete anything. That I can't think of a single thing they've either like really won or really competed for in in those what 15 years. Have they ever won a title? Like in yeah. have they? Uh
1: I don't think not like a official title, yeah, maybe no. like a friendly title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So they yeah, they're just a really interesting team. They're not like exciting. It was like interesting. Yeah. So if you, uh, uh, some of the other teams are independent. I know Madrid CFF is dependent. Is Granadilla dependent? In, in Or no, independent? I think there's a men's section, but I don't know if they're like dependent on the men's section to stay afloat.
1: I think they might be like slightly independent. Yeah.
0: But yeah they're one of they're one of those teams which is which is always like an interesting type of team to have you don't really see that nowadays a lot in women's football you know in in England I'm pretty sure maybe not mm, i think pre uh, every club currently in the women's super league is has a larger man male club attached to it um a lot of them in the German league there's probably more independent clubs in the german league and a couple more independent clubs in the French league, but yeah, Sporting Clube is just one of one of those interesting ones. Next up is uh, Valencia, also just not very great. Good yikes! <laughs> Another yikes. Um, currently sat dead last in the table with a negative thirteen goal difference. Uh, not really helped by Barcelona beating them eight nothing last week. Um, three losses, one draw, four one loss to Real Sociedad, um, eight nothing loss to Barcelona, and then just yesterday a three one loss to Athletic Bilbao, and then a two two loss to Juerba. Um They're probably going to get relegated, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean,
1: probably. <laughs> I mean, it's just sad because Valencia is a good team and it's a good club, mm-hmm. and I'm also sad because they have Candela Andujar on loan oh, from Barcelona. Oh God, yeah, I
0: forgot about that.
1: Um, yeah, like they sent her there for another season to get
0: experience, and now she's just stuck there. And they um, and they sent her there. Like I mean, her, her her performances last season with Valencia were really good. Um but then they had a, a yeah. poor transfer market. They they uh they let go of Florencia Bonsegundo, the Argentine the Argentinian international. Um and they just don't have a lot of attacking power up there anymore. Um Yeah, they just man. <laughs> It'll yeah, be an yeah, uphill lack really like for the defense. Them. Huh?
1: And they really lack a defense. I oh, mean, yeah. I, they've conceded so many goals in just four yeah. games.
0: I mean, eh, Barcelona, 8 nothing. Just kind of like Thanos, you know, inevitable. You can't do much about it. But, yeah, I mean,
1: against Barcelona, you have to expect you're going to concede like at least... Like a 3-0 would be a good game. Yeah,
0: right. Um, but rosso Sociedad and then Athletic, they're all good teams that they've lost to, but still... Uh, it's just, they're really struggling right now with their with their goal scoring. Um, yeah, poor Valencia. <laughs> poor Valencia. Um,
1: yeah, I hope they pull out of the relegation zone, but it's not looking good. Uh, no.
0: Um, and the final one in the list of 16 teams is newly promoted Villarreal. Um, Villarreal are one of... I would say one of the more liked overall clubs in Spain. I don't I've never met anyone that doesn't like Villarreal other than like Manchester United fans. But um <laughs> Um but they they had a really good little story about them when they got promoted. Their first time ever getting promoted. Um They're they have a, a player. I don't know how to say her name, I'm gonna butcher it because I my uh, my native English tongue can't really keep up with the the accentation in Spanish. But mm-hmm. Sarah Paralluelo, do you know her? The name rings a bell. Yeah, she is one of their young players. And she was probably one of, if not the most important player that uh, Villarreal had last season in getting promoted. Um, but she did her ACL. uh I want to say sometime, like, at the end of the season or even this summer, so she might not even be back for Villarreal, um, in, really, until next season if they manage to stay afloat, which they really might, because they haven't been that bad. Um, in fact, they've been pretty good given the circumstances, uh, currently sitting with one win, two losses, and a draw uh won against Eibar and then they lost against Deportivo Alves, but to be fair Alves have been on fire and then yesterday they lost another 0-8 loss against Barcelona um have you watched any of them um i've
1: watched a bit of them i mm-hmm. do like them because they are one of the six teams um in the league to have a a woman coaching them which i'm always sort of oh, i'm always biased I didn't know by. that um but i do they also, yeah, they uh, Sara Monforte, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um So I also, it's exciting for them being in the league for the first time in the first division. Mm-hmm. But I think considering the lack of experience in the first division and obviously an injury to a big player, I'm assuming they're going to end up mid-table, sort of, not definitely, I don't think, I hope not near relegation, but just. Ninth, eighth place. Yeah. I, it's I nice and survived your first, see them yeah, the first division.
0: Relegated. At least.
1: Yeah, no, I think though I think they'll be okay. Yeah.
0: Alright, and that is the final of the teams. Uh anything else you wanted to add about any of these teams? Like anything at all? Um no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um Real quick, give me some of your players to watch out for, and any kind of player, uh, like young players, best player. You can even mention Alexia, obviously, um, uh, because I definitely have a few, for, especially from like the the lower level teams, um. You, if you want to go first, you can. I mean, Alexia, obviously, right?
1: That's everybody knows that she's just. I mean I've been a, I'm very biased because I've been a fan of her since she joined Barcelona like really? 10 years arm? ago. So seeing wow. I'm an OG. <laughs> seeing her have the success for me and seeing her as captain is like I'm such a proud mother right now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> proud um, mother. And she I don't know She's like trying to win all the personal awards because she's a just midfielder. She's like top scorer, top with the assist. midfielder
0: putting up like I don't know, striker, I'm happy for her. like messy numbers, like absolutely bizarre stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm also happy
1: she, for Oshawala who's oh. scoring consistently, which is something she yep.
0: lacks sometimes. Yeah, she looks a lot happier. She looks a lot healthier. She, she looks like she didn't seem like she was enjoying herself or her football a lot last last summer and she was put on the the transfer market. Um, I don't know if United ever made like yeah an I thought she was approach. gonna leave yeah I, I did too. Um, but she's been she's been doing really well. She's been putting up good numbers. She's um yeah she she just seems to be happier and i don't know if that i won't speculate i don't know if that could be attributed to the team dynamic or how much how many minutes she's gotten but it's always good to have a player like her who has shown many times in her career that she can be very lethal and, and very um really one of the best strikers in the world it's 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 always nice seeing her come back to form um easily i would i would say she's the best african player of all time in my opinion Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Anyone anyone else? It doesn't have to be from Barcelona. Um, Well, I
1: wanted just one more from Barcelona because I'm biased. Oh, go ahead. Is the young Bruna Villamala. Oh, yes. Um, Oh, yes. Because I mean, last season she had such an exciting year Um, and this season she's like only 19 and she scored two goals in the first game of the season and she has some pressure, I mean, competing with Graham Hansen, uh, Oshoala, Lique Martens, Jenny Hermoso, who's also injured, but she's still able to be very consistent and mm-hmm. come on to a game, whether she's starting or as a substitute, and she's probably going to score. Um, this season, she scored slightly less, but we're only four games in.
0: right?
1: So I'm assuming that she'll definitely continue to get her name on the score sheet.
0: Yeah, she hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, uh, which is... Kind of Well, I wouldn't say she's gotten like a lot of minutes, but uh, she she kind of emerged onto the fold uh, just before the mid season break last season. Scored on her debut from an, an Alexia assist, written in the stars type deal, and then she got. I don't know if she was around someone that got that got COVID, but she she had to sit out the Camp Nou game uh, alongside uh, Yana Fernandez and Vicky losada. So she didn't get to play that game, and then she had something the club wasn't very clear in talking about it, but she was kind of out for the next couple of months, and then she came back, and she just exploded onto the scene, uh, scored in these big games, and even scored the game-winning goal that secured Barcelona uh, the league title. Um, so she's just she's just been in this incredible form, um Definitely, and only 19 years old, so definitely a player to watch out for. Still hasn't gotten her international debut, Jorge Vilda.
1: That's but, what I'm waiting for. But, I whatever. don't know what he's waiting
0: for. I'm like, come on. Oh, he he just wants Esther Gonzalez to put up another hat trick against, I don't know, Bulgaria or something. Uh, um, <laughs> um, Bruna Villamale could also score a hat trick against them. She could score four, maybe five. Depend- it depends on how unselfish Alexia depends on being in any given day um anyone else
1: um for me this season especially is Bonini who Ooh, just joined Legico from Levante mm-hmm. because she's a player that I've always really liked for that I've followed for the past couple of years mm-hmm. and I feel like at Levante she's done pretty well but Levante as they've been struggling a bit she hasn't been able to shine as much right and joining Atletico Madrid has given her like more attention um from the public and these first few games she's done really well she scored uh, a couple times i think and i'm just happy that she's getting the praise that she deserves yeah. and helping the team compete for the top spot
0: i am also a big fan of hers she uh was phased out of the argentina national team after the 2019 World Cup, after uh, Argentina put up that insane game against Scotland, as I'm sure plenty of people listening remember it, um, I think it was like what was that a four-four draw, or was it a three-three draw? I think it was four.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty epic.
0: Yeah, just the, one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, she was phased out of the Argentina national team after speaking out against their coach, but their coach has since been replaced. Uh, after he held his tenured position for I think over two decades so with this her new emergence um, as a player in Atletico I mean obviously she's, she was good enough to be called up when she was at Levante it was never a question of her uh, ability but uh, Bernini is just uh she she could really transform herself into a new type of player uh, against, or not against, but with Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, I, I really like that show. I really like that show. I, it, it's hard even now to, like, to argue that she shouldn't be getting called back up to the Argentina national team. But, I mean, she's got to be their best player right now, in my opinion.
1: I know. I'm waiting for her to get back into that Argentina mm-hmm. jersey.
0: Um... My personal players to watch out for. Really, any U23 player for Real Sociedad. Uh, correct me if I'm saying her name wrong, but... Amair S... Ah, her name is strange. Amair Sariegi. Is that accurate at all? Yeah, it's those Basque
1: names are more complicated. <laughs> um, the, Bas- the Basque names are difficult.
0: Yeah, am M- I read? Am I read? No clue. However, very good. <laughs> she has been in this insane form for uh, Real Sociedad, uh, really, uh, really doing what uh, Nahikari Garcia struggled to do uh, last season, as uh, she couldn't find her form. Uh, but since then, uh, Sarriegi—I'll just call her by her last name—it seems e- easier to pronounce—has picked up Nahikari's number seven, and um, she's just been in just incredible goal-scoring form, uh, playmaking form. She made her second cap for the Spanish national team, I think, like last week, two weeks ago. Um, scored four goals, just casual—a casual four goals. Um, her well, her first goal, and then in that same game scored another three. First start, just, you know, really talented. Uh, as, uh, developed through athletic. So the athletic Boulevard, uh developmental team uh, and the La Masia d- uh, developmental players uh, have really just defined the Spanish generation. And you also see that with, well, you don't also see it with Specifically, the athletic, but the 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 Basque d- developmental clubs, uh, like Real Sociedad, um, you saw that with Nerea Izaguirre. God, these Basque names, dude. I can do Spanish names just fine, but Basque names are are different, different, different animal. Um, Nerea, you, uh, Real Sociedad is number ten, whatever. Um, she's been doing great. Uh, she's one of their captains. Actually, sarriegi and Nerea are. Both hold a captaincy role with uh, Real Sociedad. Yeah, and aren't they both, like, born in 2000? Aren't they both Oh, yeah, they're, like, less than 21 years old, both of them. I think uh, Sarregui is, like, either 19 or 20, and Nerea is, like, 20. Uh, So they're really young. Um, I would say Nerea is, like, the best under-23 talent in Spain right now. Um, Perhaps higher than... Claudia Pina or Bruna Um But that's just my opinion, you know. Um, just phenomenal performances, really consistent. Um, How did, like, this breakout season last year in the league put up these really great numbers? Um, so, yeah, she's definitely a player to watch. Another player that I've been focusing on is uh, Athletic Bilbao Loni uh, Nerea Nevado. She currently plays for... Deportivo Alaves, and she has been their, in my opinion, their standout player so far this season. Uh, Really solid, good assist numbers. I don't know if she scored a goal for them yet, but she's just been very good. She's been uh, really commanding their midfield. Um, A Spanish international for their youth teams. Very solid. Very solid. Uh, Another one, Claudia Pina. Um... I would say she's been hyped up to be one of the best, if not the best, young players that Spain maybe has ever seen uh at at her level and like the U the U seventeens, U-20s. Um and she's certainly done her part to uh own up to that title. Um a World Cup winner with the U-17s, uh just like the absolute defining player for CVLS season was a direct hand, and over half of their goals scored through either assists or goals. Uh, big game performances, just really, really talented. Uh, easily like the, the, the player to watch for the next season to, for Barcelona. Um, her and Bruna should just be yeah, like... Yeah, I was sad pairing. that she
1: wasn't there for the treble.
0: Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, it was sad. But that, but that her Sevilla loan was still really necessary. Uh she just did yeah, she just did very mm-hmm. good in her first full season as a player in the first division. Um Yeah, she just got called up to the national team. Um she has since made her first cap for the national team. Uh Levante. Lere Banos. That's who my player to watch would be. Lere Banos, uh really all the Brazilians on Levante. Uh Jusinada, both Giovannas. Uh Nere Baños. Oh, and Sandy Toletti. Levante just have a really good team, dude. <laughs> a really good team. Um They have a good team, but they're not consistent. Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh I feel like with a couple more signings and like big uh areas of improvement, uh maybe like a like a couple more forwards they could really be like a Champions League, like a regular Champions League contender. Um They haven't lost us that that much, which is really good. Um. Yeah, anyone else to add?
1: Well, from Levante, like I think I said earlier, Gio Queiras oh, yeah. is a player that I really like. Mm-hmm. And especially in the beginning, with in the Champions League qualifying, she was doing some impressive, impressive numbers. I yeah. think she's, her goal scoring has kind of slowed down a little, but I hope that she gets more minutes and that she continues to grow on her loan and then comes back to Barcelona.
0: Yeah. Um, she had a weird dynamic with Barcelona last season. They signed her with the intention of her of being like an in-and-out sort of player with the B-team and the senior team, but she never ended up making her senior team debut for reasons that have never quite been explained Um, and reasons that don't really make a lot of sense. She did struggle with injuries, that is true, and she didn't have the most consistent of... um, not performances, but just like appearances. She wasn't she was kinda in and out of the team a lot. Um but now at Levante she has scored, I think, either two or three goals in Champions League qualification and scored her first league goal with them yesterday against uh Eibar, when she got subbed on um at halftime. Um But yeah, she's she's a good player to watch. I don't know if she'll She's very talented. I don't know if she'll quite be like the next big thing, but she has the potential to become that or like become at least very good. Do you think she'll ever like, do you think she'll ever become a regular at Barcelona or do you think after this season she might look for places elsewhere, especially considering how she, how they never gave her the opportunity to debut and play with the senior team? Uh, I. Don't think she'll become a regular. I hope, but
1: I doubt it, considering yeah. how stacked up the Barcelona team is, mm-hmm. with like also having Bruno Villamala and other youth players coming in. I don't think so. I wish, but no, yeah. I doubt
0: it. Because there's there's Bruno and then there's uh, Claudio Pina, who are really they're both. Uh, Claudio Pina is twenty, Bruna is nineteen. Uh, Ornella Vignola. Uh, She's 17. She just turned 17 yesterday. An incredible attacking talent. Um, there are probably a lot more La Masia players coming into the fold that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Um, Just a lot of really good players, specifically in that forward position. So to, I don't think she'll ever become maybe like a full player with Barcelona and become like a consistent starter, but I think she, at least for a couple season she could be like maybe like an Oshawala type deal like not always starting but starting enough to um to like put up some pretty good numbers i think that could happen
1: yeah like a good super sub
0: yeah yeah um any other player from any other team i can't think of many right now a lot of just just a lot of lamonte is really um exciting
1: Just a lot of, like you said, a lot of those youth players, the like youth Spanish national team players have just been really impressive, which is nice to see considering how people always kind of focus on like the international players. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see that there's this growth of youth coming from the national, coming from the country that is going straight to the league. It's like good because it improves the league. Right. Because it's like building everything from the ground up. Right.
0: Alright. I have nothing else to add. What about you? Um, that I hope Barcelona wins the league. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they win the treble again. And I hope they beat an English team in the, in the Champions League final by five goals this time. That's what I want.
1: No, I would like in the final for them to face Lyon. I want a revenge.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know if I wanted to face them in the final per se. I would like to face them over two legs just to just to get a better like idea oh, be nice. of uh you know the team strength cuz we haven't really yet seen um uh Jonathan Hiraldez being really um challenged yet you know we haven't yet seen uh them play like a an Atletico Madrid or a Levante um well the Champions League starts soon Yes. So. Champions League starts in five days so they And they'll be playing Arsenal Who have been in this Just bizarre form So um, really transformed Under their new coach uh, Jonas Don't know how, if that's how you say his name Don't know where he's from But it's, that's how they would say it in England Whatever um, So yeah that'll be interesting to see That's all I have to say For right now Yeah but it's
1: in I think they're playing in Barcelona, so it's probably yeah. gonna end up uh,
0: unlucky for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. That's that's been a fair introduction to the league, I would say. Um Thank you I for, think it was good. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um as always, thank you to It was a pleasure. Oh. <laughs> thank you. As always, um Thank you to, for, to everyone for listening. Um, please share the episode with every football fan you know, and follow us on Twitter at Football Engine One. That is Football Engine, the number one for more content. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, other than that, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.